this Tuesday, December 26th, NBA betting picks edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, December the 26th, currently 11.03 on the East Coast, here to get into to the, to the Tuesday game schedule in the association. And joining me, I got my guys here with me first. You guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the MLB Gambling Podcast, WNBA Gambling Podcast, NFL, and of course, here on the NBA Gambling Podcast is Scott Sui Rochelle. Scott, what's going on, my man? Nah, nothing much. Had a pretty decent uh, Christmas in the NBA as I ended up splitting the lock and dog picks. Had the Bucks as my lock. Didn't work out. The Knicks played a great game. Had the Mavericks, though, on the money line at plus 160, which got there as the Suns keep falling apart. I've been roasting this team for months, and they look like they might miss the playoffs. So keep that in mind. I believe I saw plus 145. This morning on the team to miss, they're not very good. And you're looking at the roster. I don't know what they can trade. They don't have many uh, actual assets at this point. And you're looking at the chemistry, the body language, uh, the soundbite of Devin Booker criticizing Met 2 mid-game for not running back on defense. Luka dropped 50 and 15. He dominated them. He owns the team at this point. So Phoenix fell apart, and I capitalized. But once again, the Bucks didn't get there for me. But overall, pretty decent day with the leans and the totals. Yeah, I thought we did pretty good on the uh, on the Christmas Day pod. I know uh, my log barely got there with the Warriors. Uh, I gave it at six and a half and closed at seven and a half, but they did lose a game only by six, so one by the hook uh, this time around. And uh, my dog pick with the Lakers was not even close at all. But I think we did pretty well on the player props that we did discuss uh, as well for the Christmas Day game. So hopefully we can carry some of that momentum uh, into the new week here of betting. We're also joining us. We got our guy back here with us as well. It's Lante Smith. Lante, what's going on, brother? How you doing? What's up, man? Doing good. Um, solid day yesterday. Not too not too much to brag about. So, uh, yeah, man, looking forward to the games today. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can get on the right side of some of these. Yeah, big schedule uh, on the card here for Tuesday. Um, I think yesterday we kind of played out where I think Scott and I were expecting as far as the props. Uh, I mean, the sides and totals went. Um, I think every single game yesterday, the second half went over the total. Uh, but these some of these lines were, were pretty sharp as far as came to the total. Um, let's see how many dogs won outright. Um, I think it was just two, right? Dallas and New York. And next. Yeah. Um, yeah. Denver was a seven and a half point favorite. They won straight up, but didn't cover the number. Boston covered and won the game. And then Miami um, without you know, Joel Embiid on the floor and Jimmy Butler on the floor. They took care of business as well after an atrocious uh, shooting start for Tyrese Maxey. Um, that kind of created th- carried them um, to the loss there. But um, what did he start again? Two of 17. I feel like 0 of 9, 0 of 10. So, uh, yeah, I think he was, he was 18 in the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he finished like start 4 off. of 20. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 4 of 20, 1 of 9. The first three-pointer he made it was like like seconds left in the fourth quarter where pretty much the game yeah. was wrapped up at that point. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
Yeah, man. Uh, let's get into the card here for today, guys. It's a, it's a big card, so uh, let's just dive right into it here. Well, first game on the board, we'll go over to the Brooklyn Nets. They are in the Motor City here tonight to take on the Pistons. Uh, currently, the uh, the Nets are a six-point favorite in this game with a total of 231. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams here, uh, let's start here with the Brooklyn Nets. They are going to be without Lonnie Walker, the fourth. Um, and that is pretty much it. Ben Simmons is going to be out for another two weeks uh, for the uh, Nets. For the Detroit Pistons, Jalen Dern is probable in this game. Killian Hayes is probable as well. Isaiah Stewart is probable as well. And then Monte Morris has been ruled out for this game. Uh, not much has changed here, but Lante, let me start with you on this game. Uh, Nets are laying six against a team that has now lost 26 games in a row here. But what do you think about the side? Yeah, um, on the side, I think the number's kind of uh, a little bit short, to be honest. I mean, they closed nine and a half at home um, in the, I think it was like a week ago, maybe. Uh, that, that I think it was day. Friday or Saturday. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, the, it closed nine and a half. Nothing's changed, and now it's six and a half. I don't think you give much advantage for a home court uh, for a crowd who was chance selling sell the team. So I wouldn't give them any kind of home court, uh, especially not three points of, of home court advantage. So, and nobody's out. So I think it's a little short, to be honest. I mean, Brooklyn's lost four or five, but, I mean, the one win that they did have, uh, ATS, was against, um, was against this team, Detroit, uh, that they pretty much dismantled from start to finish. Uh, yeah, man, I don't. I really don't see what the what the adjustment is. I mean, Detroit. The only thing they do well is get to the rim. I mean, they're second in rim frequency, uh, but Brooklyn is tenth in rim percentage defense. So that kind of negates that. So I mean, as long as Brooklyn kind of you know gets out, turns the ball, turns them over, uh, they're thirtieth in uh, percentage defense, which means they don't turn the ball or they don't turn people over. Uh, Denver's. 30th in turnover percentage offense. So, I mean, something's got to give here. I'm pretty sure that Detroit is going to give the ball up. They had Brooklyn had 22 points off the turnovers um, in the first matchup. Uh, I don't see a I don't see a path to Detroit here. Uh, I like Brooklyn. Uh, I'll, I'll lay the number. Yeah, I'll keep this one short and simple. Until the Pistons snap out of this, I'm not going to back uh, them with my hard hard earned money. So, uh, Nets for me again for this. Detroit Pistons team, not only are they bad defensively, but offensively, they have nothing outside of Cade Cunningham. I know they got Bogdanovich back, but it hasn't really translated to wins. You know, maybe they catch them sleepy here um, after the, the Christmas holiday or whatever the case might be, but I, I can't make a case for the Pistons here. Um, 26 in a row, obviously, that's the number that they've lost. Um, so give me the, give me the uh, Nets here, minus a six. Uh, Scott, spread. They'll go with the Nets as well. Uh, it's kind of at the point where the streak is so historic and long that no team wants to be the team that actually loses to this team. So you can argue that unlike step-up games against good teams, it's a similar story where teams are stepping up because they don't want to be the first team to blow this thing. So mm-hmm. I actually think the Nets will be interested in this game and motivated. I'm going to take the Nets. I think if you want to take Detroit, maybe they jump out to a decent start in front of the crowd. But over 48 minutes, we know this team gets worse and worse as the game goes on. They're one of the worst crunch time teams in the entire league. I'll take the Nets as well. But I think if you want to take Detroit, maybe lean early. But I think the Nets are just a a bad matchup for this team because they take care of the basketball. They play good defense and Detroit can't shoot. 
Yeah. Uh, Scott, any thoughts on the total? Uh, I, th- I think I'm going to lean to the under in this game. Maybe it's because I'm just expecting a little bit of a hangover, maybe figuratively and literally for every team after Thanksgiving, after mm-hmm. uh, Christmas, I mean. But I am looking at the under. It's mostly just me daring Detroit to actually hit some shots, and I'm not sure if they can. Nets offense hasn't exactly been great either recently. So I'll lean to the under, but not really a strong opinion. Want anything on the total? I lean to the over. I'm nothing strong. The first one went over uh, 31 total kind of crip up a little bit, 232 and a half. I just think Detroit defensively is, is just bad. So Brooklyn will pretty much be able to get what they want, especially at that guard spot. Um, Detroit 17 to 17 and 12 to the over. Um, Brooklyn 15 and 14, 16 and 14. So, I mean, not really a big edge here. They've both have been around 500 in the last 10. So uh, just a lean to the over. I think both teams can be able to score. Yeah, I probably look at Nets team told to go over in this game. Um, the Pistons on over the last five games are the third worst defensive rated team. And then on the season, uh, they are, let's see here, um, bottom five as well. So pretty consistently bad on the defensive side of the basketball are the Pistons. So Nets team total over is what I would look at as far as a total play. Um, lots of any player props you're looking at. Uh, I, I was looking at Darren, but he's not listed yet. I think they're going to wait until he gets Rudy, but I'll be on his points and rebounds to go over. Uh, this will be his first game back since uh, December 6. Before that, he had three straight double-doubles. Um, even if you want to you know, expand it out, seven of his last nine, he had double-doubles as well. I think he can pretty much get whatever he wants on, on the front line. Clemson, a uh, decent rim defender, but fouls a ton. So I think I think Darren on his way back. If Stewart is uh, questionable as well, so if, if he's not on a minutes restriction, I think Darren has a pretty good game. Uh, Scott, any player preps? Yeah, I thought about Cam Thomas for points. Uh, just the fact that his role with this team is kind of stabilized now, and it does seem like he's one of the big shot takers, especially at the end of shot clocks. He seems to have the ball in his hands all the time uh, to make something out of nothing. I think he's in line for a pretty good game here. I wouldn't mind his points. I thought about maybe something Dimwitty-related for like assists, but the problem is that Dimwitty has really not been in great form lately. So I do wonder if I even want to bother backing him or not. Probably not. I think I'm looking at Cam Thomas. I maybe wouldn't mind Claxton rebounds. Alante makes a point that he does get into foul trouble a lot, but the Nets really don't have many great rebounding options on this team. Sharp's their backup guy. He's been better recently, but he's pretty normally involved for about 18 minutes. Not much playing time there. If Claxton doesn't get into immediate foul trouble, he is the main rebounder on this team. I don't mind maybe a Claxton double-double, maybe a Claxton rebounds prop. But I think he has an impact on this game. All right. Let's get over uh, to the next game on the schedule here. We'll go to the Orlando Magic. They are in the nation's capital to take on the Wizards. Magic currently sitting as a seven and a half point favorite in this game with a total of 239. Uh, Looking at the injury report for the Orlando Magic, Marco Fultz is going to be out for this game. Joe Ingles is questionable and Jalen Suggs is also questionable with the left wrist sprain. Uh, for the Washington Wizards, uh, do not see an injury report for them. Um, for whatever I saw reason, Kuzma so, was a game time decision. That's the yeah. only one that I saw earlier. Well, how come they don't have anything for? All right, let me check another outlet. But uh, let's start with the side here, guys. Uh, let's go minus seven and a half in favor of the Magic here. Uh, Scott, lead us off. So I'm going to give the Wizards a little bit of props because they have been better recently they've not been good but they've been better so that's a step in the right direction i'm gonna lean to orlando i just think orlando's the better team i know indiana was in pretty bad form recently and 
Orlando just beat Indiana uh, by seven in that game. Led by a lot, blew a massive lead, but responded well in the fourth quarter to close the game out. But I like this Orlando team. Just simply put, they're a good defensive unit. I know Suggs is questionable. I don't believe he played last game, but defensively, they did a pretty good job against the Pacers anyway. I'm going to lean to the Magic because I know this team can actually get stops, and I know that Washington can't. But I do think with Boncaro and with Wagner, they just have so many weapons on this team. And we saw how these teams faced off earlier this season. Orlando got whatever it wanted in those meetings. I don't really see that changing. Give me Orlando to get the job done against Washington. Uh, Lante, what do you like? Yeah, I'd lean the other way. Um, I wanted to bet it, but it, it's just a lean because when I was looking into Washington, they've been really good against the spread, 6-3-1 and one in their last 10, if, five straight, but four of those were on the road. If you look at their home road splits as far as covering numbers on the road, they're extremely um, profitable, maybe because they're you know getting 10, 11 points on the road, and they've been covering those as of late. So I agree with Scott. They have been you know playing a little bit better. Orlando – Lost four to last five. Played a tough schedule in, in between that that time frame. Boston twice, Miami, Milwaukee. Uh, both both teams. Uh, they played uh, two meetings this year. Orlando won both. Covered once as a ten and a half point favorite uh, at home. I just think that I think Washington can hang here. They don't turn the ball over. Orlando does a really good job of turning teams over. Do a really good job of getting to the free throw line. The first in free throw offense, but they do foul a lot. Twenty uh, seventh in free throw rate defense. Um, so I think that could be an issue. I just kind of put my brakes because I saw the Kyle Kuzma uh, pop up on the injury report, so I'm not sure, you know, what to take into that. Orlando on the road, I mean, they're they're fine. They're a good team. I don't know if they have the ability to kind of pull away uh, if Kuzma plays. I mean, tonight they're 29th three point percentage offense. Um, don't have a ton of guys that can shoot it, so I think that Washington has value um, at the plus seven and a half, if, especially if Kuzma plays. So if Kuzma plays, I'll be honest. But right now, it's just a lean to find out a little bit more information about. Him. Yeah, the I mean, you mentioned it, the Wizards at home this season um, have not been very good. Um, I'm trying to pull up the exact numbers here. I just had in front of me um, two and eight straight up are the Wizards at home three and seven against the spread. They're giving up about an average of one hundred and twenty eight points per game. And they are right now the worst rated defense in the entire association um, overall on the season. If we trim that down to over the last five games, I know they were just on that West Coast road trip. They we're doing pretty well um, and they actually have ballooned up to league average as far as defensive rating goes. But um, this Orlando magic team, I think have has regressed a little bit after their start, but I mean, hundred percent, they are the better team here again, like you guys mentioned, or Lante mentioned that, um, that defensively, I, I trust obviously the Orlando magic here more. I think they have more scores on this team as well. And then with Kyle Kuzma, who did leave the last game against the Warriors and didn't return, he's dealing with a knee injury. So like Lante mentioned, he's a game time decision here. So um, I'll lean here with the Orlando Magic, but probably look at a Magic team total to go over as far as a total is what I would like in this game. But um, Scott, anything as far as a total in this game? Yeah, I'm going to lean over. Uh, the two meetings we saw earlier this season were track meets. I see a pretty similar story here. Uh, so I think you're going to see points. Uh, Lante, total? Yeah, I like the over. Um, both, like Scott mentioned, both earlier meetings, uh, they flew over. 265 and 259 was where the totals. Washington, six of last 10, uh, went over. Pretty much an over team on the season, 16 and 12 uh, as far as going over. Uh, and I think you see a lot of points score with the clock stop. Like Orlando's rim rate is really, really high first in rim rate. Um, they're ninth in rim percentage. And Washington really doesn't have a rim protector um, at all. Gafford is okay, but you know sometimes he has – the ability to foul. So I think we see a ton of points at the free throw line. 
um, an easy basket scored at the at the rim. Uh, I don't think the three point shooting of Orlando will uh, propel them to score a lot of points. I think they'll just be able to get to the rim at ease and to the free throw line. So yeah, I like the over. Yeah, Magic in uh, the two games this season have scored 139 and then 130 uh, against the Washington Wizards. Um, let's get into player props here. Launch anything that you like? Uh, yeah, I like Franz over 33 and a half um, PRA and back to back. He has back to back 30 point outings versus um, Washington. PRA total flew over 46 and 40 uh, is what he had. Uh, yeah, I just think that the guard play, the guard defensive play um, of Washington won't be. Uh, up to par, especially if Kuzma is kind of nicked up or whatever the case may be. Even if he's in, I think Franz gets there. So I like Franz over 33.5 PRA. I will look at Daniel Gafford, uh, points and rebounds over 18.5. He's over in seven of his last nine. Uh, he had 19 and 11 in the second matchup. He pretty much a bounce back game from the first. Uh, he had a poor outing in, in game one of that series. Uh, Miles Turner at 41, Brooke Lopez 21, Bam 26, Porzingis 25, all versus the Orlando front line. Window Carter's back, but not 100%. Even then, he's kind of undersized. So I think Gafford has his way at the rim. Uh, Washington's third in rim percentage offense, mostly because of him, um, you know, in the dunker spot, catching lobs and everything. So I, I like Daniel Gafford over 18 and a half points and rebounds. Uh, Scott, player props? Yeah, I'm just going to go with Franz. Uh, Franz done well against Washington. He's in a good matchup here. We know Washington can't stop anybody. Uh, simply put, I think Franz 22 and a half points is too low. I'll go with the over for him. Yeah, I mean, Franz has scored at least 20 points in, I think it's seven uh, straight games against the um, Washington Wizards. And uh, like Lonta mentioned, back-to-back 31-point games this season against the uh, Wizards as well. So that's a pretty good look. I know they did get Wendell Carter Jr. back, did the Orlando Magic, but he's been on a limited, um, or he's been on a minutes restriction, I guess. Um, I was looking for his rebounds, but I'm not sure I can get there, especially just with the amount of minutes that he's played since he has returned from injury, 23, 21, and 16. Uh, but the rebounds have always been there for Wendell Carter Jr. So, uh, And I can't argue against guys uh, giving out um, uh, Franz Wagner in this game. Uh, all right, guys, before we get over to the next game on the schedule here, uh, let me tell everyone about DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers an exclusive offer just for NBA fans. So this week, new customers can bet $5 and get $150 instantly in bonus bets, plus score an NBA League Pass subscription on us for the rest of the season. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SGP. New customers can get 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 plus scoring an NBA League Pass on us. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text 467 467- 369 in Connecticut help is available for Palm Gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance league pass reward issued as promo code to redeem subscription and must be claimed by January 15, 2024. See DraftKings.com slash promos for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. 
and Ross are brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets to research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, gentlemen, let's keep the uh, show rolling here. Let's get over to the next game of the night. We're going to go over to the Memphis Grizzlies. They are visiting the New Orleans Pelicans uh, in this game. Um, looking at the lines currently over on DraftKings Sportsbook, currently seeing now the Pelicans have shot up to a four and a half point favorite in this game uh, with a total of, let's see here, the updated number is uh, 229 and a half for this game. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, start here with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, on their injury report, I am currently seeing uh, where is Memphis, Memphis, Memphis. Uh, here we go. So the usual guys are out. John, uh, John Cancar uh, or on char, I should say, is available to play in this game. Derek Rose continues to be out. Marcus Smart is officially questionable with a left foot sprain. So keep that in mind. For the Pelicans, pretty clean injury report. Larry Nance Jr. is doubtful, and uh, Cody Zeller is questionable for this game. Obviously, we have seen the return of John Morant for the Memphis Grizzlies, and offensively, they look good. They won a couple ball games here as well, but now they are traveling are the Memphis Grizzlies to New Orleans as a four-and-a-half-point dog in this game. Monte, lead us off. Yeah, I like New Orleans here. Uh, I think the number is a little bit of a uh, over-adjustment. They closed eight-and-a-half uh, on the 19th, and, and now they're, what did you say, four now? Four and, a half. four and a half. Yeah, so I think that's a little bit over over adjustment. They dominated the, the majority of the game. They just blew a lead. They just blew that lead. Um, they have been a bit inconsistent. Uh, this is a weak schedule over the past week or so. But I mean, nothing's pretty much has changed since they played. I think they each played two games. Uh, Memphis have, of course, won their their two, and New Orleans split theirs. Blue both blue uh, the the one game uh, against Houston. If I'm not mistaken, that that was the the game on the uh, that they played at home. You know, Memphis got a shot in the arms. His jaws returned three and zero straight up in ATS. Um, they're still they're pretty good on the road even without jaw eight and seven ATS on the road. New Orleans is dominated at home ten and five ATS. Uh, yeah, I think that I just New Orleans here. I think they got better options as far as scoring wise. Pretty much got to limit what Jaw does uh, to kind of get other guys going. I think him and his is fine, but you want to limit him getting to the lane, spraying out to you know to Bane those other guys but yeah i think new orleans is is going to decide here if they can get their three point three pointers to, to fall they don't shoot a lot uh which is kind of odd with trey murphy and in doesn't shoot a lot of, of threes but well, they, they should missed shoot a amount to start the year to be fair he missed a lot yeah. of games early in the year. yeah that's true yeah so um i think memphis i mean i think new orleans is a job defending the three um so bane running bane off the three-point line they're fourth in three-point percentage defense um yeah i, I think new orleans is side here man I, I i like them quite a bit here I uh, wouldn't be surprised if they win by double digits. Scott? Yeah, I'm going to go with – I think I'm going to go New Orleans well in this spot. 
they did really dominate that game. Now, the concern is that they had no answers for John Morant at all uh, as the game went on, and he, of course, had the game-winning layup there at the buzzer. But New Orleans, we've seen blow some games in the fourth quarter, but the fact is they dominated pretty much the entire game besides the last, I don't even know, about quarter, give or take. So I'm going to lean to New Orleans. I just think they have too much size in the interior. Uh, Memphis has Jaron Jackson, who's had a pretty average at best defensive season, and that's basically it. They don't really have anyone else. They try to use Tillman, who can't shoot free throws at all, so they really limit his minutes. And that's basically it. I just think New Orleans can dominate on the interior. There might be an extra motivation factor after choking away a game against this team about a week or two ago. So I'm going to lean to New Orleans at home. I think it's a good spot to potentially get revenge for what happened about a week or two ago. Yeah, I like the uh, Pelicans in the first half here. Um, I mean, like you, uh, like Scott, you mentioned, they blew that lead in the second half against the Grizzlies. But at home this season, the Pelicans in the first half, 11-3-1 against spread, um, which is the best in the entire league um, as far as percentage-wise and ROI-wise. But uh, the only team that has been better record-wise has been the Milwaukee Bucks, 13-5 and uh, in the first half against the numbers. So, do like Pelicans in the first half. I don't disagree with you guys on the uh, full game as well, uh, but I, I just can't trust this team to hold the lead right now. They they burned me in that game uh, when these two teams matched up uh, just last week. So uh, I'll take the first half here with the Pelicans. Uh, Scott, any thoughts on the total here? I think I'm going to lean under. I know a lot of people probably like the over because of what happened last meeting, but they just faced off against each other. I'm just expecting more adjustments. I think maybe they won't let Jog get to the rim at will every possession moving forward. And I think the Grizzlies found something defensively as the game went on as well, as they were able to go on that run in the fourth quarter. I'm going to lean to the under. I just think that from what we saw in the last meeting, a lot of defensive mistakes can be fixable. And I'm going to lean to the under. I see a lower scoring game. Yeah, I think I, I want to say that this, the bulk of the scoring was happening in the second half. I'll, I'll pull that uh, number up, but uh, Lante, thoughts on the total? Yeah, I think it was more so in the um, late in the third and in the fourth quarter where all the scoring went on. But yeah, I like the year as well. Uh, the first minute snuck under, I think it was 228 and a half. It, it ended up 228. The pace about average for both teams. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, New Orleans doesn't shoot a ton of threes. Memphis can't shoot threes, 27 three-point percentage offense. So I think we're going to see a lot of uh, rim running. But uh, Memphis is first in rim percentage defense. So I think both teams struggle scoring the ball here. Uh, so I like the under. I think we see more of a 105-106 type of game. Uh, 127 points for scoring that second half uh, in that game last week in New Orleans. So, um, yeah, definitely keep that in mind. Yeah, I like the under here as well. Um, Again, you know, a lot of points that, Lante, you made about uh, three-point defense for this Pelicans team, and they're not very good at shooting three-point shot or don't have guys that really like to, you know, get up the three-point shot. I think this will turn probably turn into a half-court game like it did Um kind of that first half where it was kind of slow and, and kind of grinded out before there was an explosion of points in that second half, but uh, lean towards the under in this game. Uh, player props, Scott, do you have anything in this game? Yeah, I think I kind of have to go back to jaw in a way. I'm trying to figure out which angle I want to take, though. Like, Do I think New Orleans overcorrects and starts just trying to do whatever they can to get the ball out of Jaw's hands, and then you look for maybe Jaron Jackson or you look for any of these other guys to step up, or does Jaw just do Jaw thing and drop 30-something again? I'm assuming New Orleans is going to pivot, so I'm going to lean to Jaw's system this game. They just can't let Jaw get downhill as easily as he did as the game went on. So I think you're going to see adjustments there. Jaron points is very low. 
I get he can get into foul trouble in this matchup, and that's always a concern. But his number is like 18.5 or 19.5. He's gone over quite, uh, quite regularly recently. That line just feels too low to me. He can still space the floor. He can still shoot threes. I don't mind going for Jaron Jackson points. Yeah, I do like uh, Jaws assist in this game. It's at seven and a half at minus one forty-five. But in the three games that he has returned uh, this season, he's had at least eight assists in all three games, and he did have eleven against the Atlanta Hawks. So I do like that. Uh, I was looking at Valanciunas rebounds in this game as well. That number's at ten and a half. Uh, last game, uh, even with Zion in the lineup, uh, Valanciunas had uh, fourteen rebounds in that game. And again, if we do think that it's going to be more of a defensive game where um, you know def- uh, defense is going to be priority, and you'll know, we'll probably see more missed shots in this game. But um, his number at ten and a half, I thought was a little bit conservative, especially that he has um, pretty good history as well against his Grizzlies team rebounding the basketball at least. So those were the two that I was looking at here. Uh, Lante player props. Uh, yeah, I like Brandon Ingram over five and a half assists. Um, he's over in eight of his last 12 games, uh, had two games with five. So he wasn't far off from being, you know, over in 10 of 10 of 12. He did have six versus Memphis in the first meeting and orchestrating the offense a little bit more. Uh, with they've been orchestrating offense with him instead of CJ and letting CJ spot up because he's one of the better three point shooters. So I think he handles the ball a, a ton here. Uh, so I'd like the five and a half assists. If you want to pivot and go to point and assist, I don't think that's bad. Um, I don't think it's a bad bet either. On the other side, I'm going to go with Bean over 35 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. In two of the three games with Ja, he's been over um, both both of those games recently. Back to back, he had 30 plus point games in that. He's also over in six of his last nine. Didn't shoot well versus the Pelicans in the first meeting. Uh, I think that kind of corrects itself, kind of tends to what you guys were saying with Ja's assists. If he can get downhill, get it to Bain, I think he shoots a little bit better in this game. So I like both of those. Brandon Ingram uh, over five and a half assists. Bain over 35 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Yeah, Bain's three points are at three and a half at minus one forty. Now with John Moran coming back, he's hit at least five in uh, the last two games. Uh, you know, with with the return of uh, John Moran, so I think that might be also worth a look uh, in this game. Uh, all right, guys, before we get over to the next game on the schedule here, uh, let me tell everyone about uh, Underdog Fantasy. Rock Fantasy gives you the opportunity to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long, whether it's in the NFL, whether it's in the NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. Stay to, uh, tuned at the end of the episode. Scott, myself, and Lante will put together our underdog fantasy entry for the Tuesday card, and hopefully it's a winning one. So you can watch along, and maybe you can make your own picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $100. So again, that's Underdog Fantasy using promo code SGPN. All right, gentlemen, let's keep it uh, going here. The next game on the schedule, it is going to be... Uh, let's go over to uh, to my parts of the world. The Indiana Pacers are in town to take on the Houston Rockets. Rockets are sitting as a three-point favorite in this game with a total of 237 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the Houston Rockets, um, Tari Easton is questionable. He's dealing with left uh, lower leg soreness. And then for the Indiana Pacers, um, only questionable tag is going to be Bruce Brown. He is dealing with a right uh, knee bone bruise. I did see a note, if I'm not mistaken, that he was already ruled out for this game uh, for the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, so no Bruce Brown for the Pacers, and then the only questionable tag for the Rockets is going to be Tari Eason. Uh, 
Lante, lead us off. Rockets laying three points here, hosting the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, I like the Rockets here. Uh, Indiana reeling a little bit, especially since coming back from Vegas uh, in, in the A-season tournament. They lost four or five, failed to cover in seven of the last ten. Uh, and they're really not having a lot of success offensively. They've scored 110 or less in three of his last five games. That might as well be less than 100 uh, to this Indiana team. Houston on the other side, 125-plus um, points uh, allowed in three of his last five. Lost and failed to cover both of those. But they've won and covered back-to-back games. I went under 105 in both of those. So I think the recipe for success with Houston, obviously, is with the defense. And I think those numbers pretty much paint the perfect picture. Indiana, we know, is not going to play a lot of defense. Uh, with offense reeling, I think that Eme can kind of scheme up some things to kind of neutralize what Hallie Burton does, kind of trapping him on a pick and roll. If you notice, since the Lakers have kind of played him a different way, a lot of the league, a lot of the league um, has been playing him that same way. He's been struggling a little bit uh, with kind of adjusting to that. I'm pretty sure he will adjust to it, but he just hasn't as of yet. Um, Houston fifth in defensive rating, first in three-point finish defense. So that's a big, big thing uh, to lean on for the Houston defense to run Indiana off the three-point line. Uh, they're middle of the pack offensively, but I think their defense kind of orchestrates their offense. So I think Houston, uh, I think they I think they win here. I think the number's about right, to be honest with you. Uh, I'll f- try to find a cheap money line to lay. But I do think if you like Houston, um, you're going to want to play the under. I mean, I know we haven't got to the total yet, but I think it's correlated, Houston and under um, in this game. But, yeah, I like Houston to win the game. Yeah, Houston has been struggling on the defensive side of the basketball, um, like you mentioned, over the past couple games here. And I think that makes me a little bit nervous about this Rockets team. But um, we've talked about it all season long. And I know the Pacers are struggling since they came out of that in-season tournament final against the Lakers. But throughout the season, we've seen the Pacers, like they're going to force you to play at their pace, no matter who they're playing against. And I don't think that's an exception for this Rockets team. So, um yeah, I like the Rockets at home. They, they've been doing really well. Obviously, 18-8-1 against the spread at home are the Rockets. 15-12 uh, and 12 straight up. And we just want to see how many times they've actually been favored at home this season. So they've been favored seven times at home this season. 6-1 and one straight up. 5-1-1 one one against the spread are the Rockets as a home favorite. The total... Uh, Four and three towards the under um, for the Houston Rockets. So, uh, do like the Rockets on the spread here, minus the three. Scott, uh, making a team ride, or do you like the Pacers? Yeah, I'm going to go with the team ride here. I can't back Indiana based on current form. Defensively, we know they're going to always be bad. And now with Bruce Brown potentially not playing, he's one of their only decent defenders. I think Neesmith is probably their best on-ball guy, but Bruce Brown's probably second. They don't have anybody else worth a damn defensively. So I'm going to lean to Houston in the spot. They're 12-2 and two at home, so they're a great home team. And Indiana, if they're not going to guard anybody and the offense is starting to crumble, then they got no chance in hell. So I'll lean to Houston. I think it will be a higher-scoring game, though. Uh, we saw Houston have a track meet with the uh, Hawks, I think it was, about a week ago. Uh, that game was pretty high-scoring. I have called the Hawks a worse version of the Pacers on the show before, which I feel like is a pretty good comp. So I can see a higher-scoring game, but I really just don't trust Indiana at this point in time because we know for a fact that they won't even try to guard teams half of their possessions. So I'm going to lean to Indiana to probably lose by six, give or take. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think Indiana hangs in there and loses and doesn't cover. Yeah, Indiana, should I mention this as well in the handicap, that they have uh, lost and have not covered in four out of their last five 
uh, road games. The last road game that they did win and cover was against the Detroit Pistons, and the last three games have gone under the total. But like Lante mentioned, they're they're still giving up the points. They're just struggling offensively for whatever reason. So the, pa- the Pacers um, on the road, by the way, are allowing mm-hmm. 131 points per game, which is yeah. the most in the entire league by five plus points. Yeah, six ATS um, in, there, in there too on the yeah. road. Yeah, a nine and five towards the over on the road, and like I mentioned, that, that number could have been better, but three straight under so far. So, kind of lends me to take the Rockets team total to go over in this game. I know it's it's the Rockets have been more of a slow paced defensive minded team, but like I mentioned, um, that they have struggled a little bit on the defense side of the basketball uh, over the past like five games. But I mean, teams are going to go through that type of cycle. You know, they're you're not going to have consistently great defense all season long. There's going to be games where you give up for a stretch 115 120 plus points per game it's just a law of averages so um but i do like the over in this game more so the rockets team told to go over as well in this game lots of thoughts on the total yeah, i like the under i guess i'll go the contrarian here um i like houston i think houston they, they don't want to run i mean i don't think they mind but i think they're they're in their best form when they're kind of slowing it down um running their offense and kind of making indiana or making other teams grind out in, in the half court, seventy-one uh, percent of their their home games, Houston that is, have went under. Um, six yep. of the last ten have went under for Indiana. Like we mentioned, their their offensive struggles. I mean, Eme I think is not going to allow them to to go bananas here. So I, I like the under. Uh, I think it's correlated. If you like Indiana, you like over. If you like Houston, uh, well, I mean, kind of correlated to me. It's kind of correlated, but I can see what Scott was saying about Indiana on the road defensively. But I just don't think that Houston has the offensive firepower to to want. To score, you know, 125, 130 plus. Uh, player props, Lante? Uh, yeah, I like Jalen Green over, over uh, what is it, 18 and a half points. I think this is the perfect game for him. Uh, it's pretty much going to be a track meet uh, if, if you think that Deanna's defense is cold. Um, this is his type of game. I mean, he's been struggling a bit scoring-wise. Only scored over 20 points twice this month uh, in four of his last eight games. He's only had two field goal percentage, uh, two field goal makes in uh in four of those games so i think he has a breakout game i would ladder him up to like 25 plus uh like i said i think this is a perfect game for him to get out and get going uh i wanted to look at neesmith i didn't see his number his numbers up uh but i'll probably be on neesmith uh points rebounds and assists uh with round absence he'll get up ticking minutes yeah i i'm i'm done with jalen green I, I don't i don't know i it just <laughs> hasn't panned out or whatever the case might be with jalen green but in four career games against the pacers he's had he has scored at least 20 points in three out of the four games yeah, um, yeah. against them and if we are expecting maybe a little bit more points are being scored in outside of what the rockets have been doing uh at home this season which has been towards the under i mean this is a prime game for him to break out and have a, a pretty good game here. Uh, Shangun has been playing really well for the Rockets. Uh, if you want to look at his rebounding prop or even his P plus R uh, to go over what points do you have and rebounds. Again? 37? What do you have, 37? Yeah, career game, 37 and 11 against the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. And then um, previous to that game, he had 22 and 15 uh, against the Dallas Mavericks. So um, I think that he has another big rebounding night. I think that he can finish around the basket as well. Um, I know he'll be going up against Miles Turner, but traditionally the Pacers have been giving it up to the center position, not only this season, but over the past several seasons. So I think this could be another big Shane Goon game uh, for the Rockets. Uh, Halley assists 11 and a half. Anytime I see that number at below 12 and a half, I'm always going to be on that. But I mean, you take a look at what he's done over the last three games, 13, 14, and 15 assists uh, against the opposition. So 
if he's not having a good scoring night, he's still contributing uh, for the Pacers by dishing out the basketball. So um, don't hate those uh, those player props. Scott, any player props you're looking at? Yeah, I think I'm looking at Van Vliet assists as well. He's been a bit quiet with the assists recently. Uh, I think he had like one against Dallas, which was kind of a weird game because they were up by basically 30 at the half and he only had one assist. But Van Vliet plays a bunch of minutes. I believe he's leading the league in minutes played. Uh, and you're looking at a great matchup because Indiana, once again, is allowing 131 points per road game. So somebody's going to get assists for this team. Yeah. And even though I'm still waiting for the Shangun triple-double, there has not been many this season because Van Vliet has been the main facilitator on this team. So I do think Van Vliet assists double-double is worth a look. Once again, I think Indiana hangs in there. I think they're going to lose. But the fact is if Van Vliet's going to play 36, 37 minutes and he's against this defense... I got to like the probability of him going over in the assist category. So give me Van Vliet assist over in this game. All right. Let's get over to the next game on the schedule here. We got a pretty good matchup here. The Minnesota Timberwolves, they are in OKC. They take on the Thunder. Thunder currently sitting as a two-point favorite in this game with a total of 228. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, um, currently for the Minnesota Timberwolves, I am seeing um, Cat. Carl Anthony Towns is questionable. His has he has left knee soreness. Uh, that is pretty much it for the thun, sorry for the uh, Timberwolves for the Thunder. Josh Giddy uh, is questionable with the left ankle sprain, and Jay Lynn, uh, without a Y, uh, is questionable. He, he he is dealing with an illness here. Um, Scott, lead us off here. Uh, the Thunder are laying two points as they host the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I was going to lean to the Timberwolves, but then I saw the Cat news, and I feel like now I kind of have to lean to Oklahoma City. I just think Minnesota's got a lot of size, but Cat's been very good lately, and he provides them a very nice scoring punch. Minnesota's a team that I like because of their defense, but the issue is their offense isn't that deep because Conley at this point in his career is mostly a three-point shooter. I don't think he creates much off the dribble. We know Ant is Ant, so I'm not going to spend much time on him. Him and Shea should have a lot of fun going against each other. But I don't really see much firepower besides Cat and Edwards. So I do think when you're going to be short and you're looking at potentially being even shorter because Cat might not play, Oklahoma City can just come at you in waves. And I do think that they have a lot of firepower, a lot of different sources to score. I'm going to lean to Oklahoma City at home. They've been very good at home recently. They've been very solid offensively. Once again, I do think that Shea and Ant might have a battle. But I do think, once again, if they cancel each other out, I have more faith in Oklahoma City supporting cast to score in comparison to Minnesota's. So I'm going to lean to Oklahoma City. I think they get the job done. Yeah, these two teams matched up back on November 28th uh, in Minnesota. Minnesota got the victory there, 106-103. Um, obviously, a lower-scoring game. But Shea did have 32 points in that game for the um, OKC Thunder. Four of the five starters for the Thunder uh, were in double figures. Um, Anthony in that game had 21 points five rebounds and an assist um, double doubles for both Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony towns in that game, 13 and 10 for cat 17 and 16 for Rudy Gobert. Um, Lante uh, minus two in favor of the thunder here. Yeah. I liked it better when it was and a half on, on the open. Um, but yeah, I still like Minnesota. Uh, both teams pretty much playing uh pretty even good basketball. Yeah. Even if he doesn't, I just, I, I think the size of, of Minnesota is going to present them problems with, with even Reed. Um, coming in, kind of getting more of a uh, a physical uh, role. I, I think physicality is, is the OKC weakness. Um, they, they played a solid schedule of games in that span. They covered six of the last ten. Uh, you mentioned when off they won as uh, Minnesota, that is, as three-point favorites um, on the 28th. 
106-103. This is what McDaniels. So McDaniels being back is kind of a big boost defensively, especially uh, the first in defensive rating. I, I think Rico Bear is going to pretty much dominate this game. I would look at anything like Rudy Bear related as far as points and rebounds, blocks, anything like that. Um, Minnesota is 23rd in uh, turnover percentage offense, while OKC is first in turnover percentage defense. So the key for Minnesota is taking care of the ball. You know, Conley is, does a decent job uh, of taking care of the ball. Going to kind of need to do that a little bit better. Like OKC, 29th in offensive rebound percentage, uh, the top three in mid three-point percentage offense, while Minnesota does a really good job of defending all three levels of the court. For, uh, obviously, first and defensive rating would tell you all of that. Yeah, I just think it's a bad matchup for for Oklahoma City. I do think that they they have the debt to withstand being you know the absence of J Dub and um, and Giddy. But even with those guys, I still like Minnesota. But I think that uh, I think Minnesota comes in gets a big win on on the road uh, behind a big performance from Rudy Gobert and uh, Nasri up front. Yeah, I was going back and forth on this game here. I, I think th- I'm gonna lean towards the Thunder here again. Thunder have been one of the better teams. Um, at home, actually, they've probably been the best team out with the Rockets as far as home uh, ATS. Um, I'm sorry. So overall, the Thunder are one of the better teams against the spread. 18-8-1 against the spread, which is the best um, after Philly didn't cover it last night against the Miami Heat. And then at home this season, uh, OKC is 10-5 and against the spread, uh, 66.7%. Houston being the number one team. But um, I think if Cat doesn't play, I think that puts a lot of pressure on RVC Anthony Edwards to score the basketball, like Scott was mentioning. Cat has been really good this season. I think that hasn't been talked about enough, uh, just overall, um, you know, for this Minnesota Timberwolves team. But I, I like the Thunder here at home. I, I think they um, get some revenge here on their home floor. I think SGA will have a big game. Um, Chet has been having an incredible rookie season, especially defensively, not being talked about again, again, just because he's in the market of uh, Oklahoma City, uh, uh, in Oklahoma City, where Victor has gotten pretty much every game that the Spurs have almost played on prime time. So, um, you know, Chet has been playing well. I I like the Thunder spot here. I'll lay the minus two here with them. Total's at 228 here, Lante. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I like the under. I mean, in the metrics, I say this is an overspot as far as how they've been playing and uh, as far as tempo related. But I think it's matchup wise, it sets up for uh, similar to what we've seen in the first game, 106, 103. And that was about McDaniels, who is their best on ball defender. I think, man, it's going to end up in, we're going to get under 210 in this game. So I would play probably all unders as well. Minnesota's probably going to want to get the ball inside, uh, kind of methodically half court, half court rate. Uh, the defense of the defense of Oklahoma City, I mean, the defense of Minnesota has to be able to ice has to be able to defend the ISO of Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City twenty six assist percentage, so they're mostly getting their buckets off of you know the high screen and roll with Shea, of course, and not a lot of ball movement. So they're going to kind of want to set their defense up to have Bear camp out uh, around the paint to try to get uh, his hands up on those uh, pick and rolls. So I do like the under here uh, a ton. I mean, Minnesota's held. Three of the last five opponents to their 110 points. Uh, like I said, 206 in the first meeting, total close, 228 and a half. So uh, I think it goes under here. I, I would probably look at some all-unders as well. Yeah, I have the under here as well. Both teams have been consistent on the defensive uh, efficiency and rating side over the last five games. Top 10 and season long, they are top 10 as well. So I expect, you know, um, 
defense to uh, be a priority here as it has been uh, all season for both of these teams. Scott, any thoughts on the total? Yeah, I'm mean, only to the under. Once again, Cat's one of the better scores on this team, so if he doesn't play, Minnesota's scoring depth definitely isn't as sharp. They still have Nas Reed, who I like a lot, who might play more, but they have to reinvent the entire starting lineup, etc. So maybe there'll be a little bit of chemistry issues early on in that game. But it's mostly just the under, because the first game landed 209. Uh, McDaniels, we know, is a great defensive player. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to stop Shea, but he can make life difficult to some degree for him to get to his spots. I'm going to lean under. This total just feels too high. Uh, Scott, any player props? Yeah, I think for the player props, see, I know that uh, Lante made a case for Jalen Green last game, and then you immediately said, I'm not interested. That's how I feel about Gobert rebounding. I, I've yeah. tried. I've tried for so long, and it just doesn't I just doesn't get there. Uh, I think if, if Cat does not play... I don't mind Nas Reed rebounds. I think is a pivot. Gobert mm-hmm. should on paper have like 18 plus rebounds in this game, but I just yeah. can't do it to myself anymore. So I'm not going to bother with him. I think if you want to look for pivots, you might want to consider taking, I'm trying to think of who I want to take for Oklahoma City uh, in this game. I think Jalen with a Y is worth consideration. Uh, you said that the one out of Y is going to be out, correct? Uh, he's yeah. questionable, but I think more than likely he might be out. Okay, but in other words, the good one's going to be playing, correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll take him. Uh, no offense to the other one, but I do think <laughs> you're looking at Jalen uh, having a good matchup. He's averaging 17 plus points per game. He's been solid. Oh, wait, you know, that, that's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. The the J the J Dub is is going to probably be out. The guard, the center oh, okay, is probably is the is the one that's going to be in. Yeah. Okay, so my bad. I was flipping him. Yeah, my bad. Um, I think if you want to look for blocks, maybe Chet and uh that that with Gobert actually will consider backing. Because we know how good of a shot blocker he actually is. Same with Chet. So I can see them rim protecting pretty well. But yeah, uh, the fact that Williams now, I was confusing them. Uh, Not going to be the first time, not going to be the last time I do that. But I think I'm just going to lean to the Nas Reed props. And I'll lean to the blocks for Gobert and with Chet. I maybe wouldn't mind Isaiah Joe threes off the bench. Um, the one I had in this game was Anthony Edwards over two and a half three pointers made. Um, the one area that the Oklahoma City Thunder do struggle in is defending the three point shot. Uh, season long, they're allowing the second most three pointers made per game. I'm sorry, the last five games are allowing the second most three pointers made per game, only trending the Utah Jazz. Um, as far as percentage, the Oklahoma City Thunder are bottom 10 in that category as well. And season long, it hasn't been um it's been pretty consistently bad bottom five across all three of those categories of opponent three pointers made uh three pointers allowed uh attempts and percentage so anthony edwards he's getting the shots up i believe he had at least 12 over the last two games if i'm not mistaken as far as attempts go uh for anthony edwards here let me just double check here real quick um sorry yeah 12 against the uh sacramento kings knocked down three but he's averaging 8.6 attempts per game over the last five games um, for the uh, uh, for the Timberwolves. So over two and a half around minus 110 is what I'm seeing for Anthony Edwards. I do like that. Um, Latte, player props, if you like any. Yeah, I love Gobert in his matchup. I, I love Nas Reed as well. Uh, I didn't see Gobert's points and rebounds listed. I, I don't. I think they're waiting on the cat news, but yeah. I still kind of can. You kind of can just go. I'm going to go over regardless. I mean, it's not going to be too high, to be honest with you. Uh, he's been dominant versus smaller front lines. He had 33 total points and rebounds uh, versus OKC in their first matchup. If you look at him versus smaller front lines, he had 8-9 versus Sacramento. This is points and rebounds versus Sacramento. 
25 versus Miami, 32 versus the Spurs, 39 versus uh, the Hornets, and 28 versus Utah. So he's punishing for runs. Um, Nas Reed, I think it'll be, I'll, I'll go point, points and rebounds as well because on that second unit, that's when the size really kind of shrinks for uh, OKC without Chet on the floor. And I think Jay, uh, Jay Lynn Williams will probably be in more, but I, I don't think he's as physical as, as Nas Reed. So I think Nas Reed can have his way. On OKC side, I, I know I'm kind of waiting for the J-Dub and, and Josh Giddy to either get ruled out or in. If they're ruled out, I'll be on some Case and Wallace uh, points props. All right. Uh, let's get over to the next game on the board. We got the Atlanta Hawks. They are traveling to Chicago to take on the Bulls. Bulls currently sitting as a one-and-a-half point favorite in this game uh, with a total currently of 234. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, you're going to start here with the road team, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, they are going to be with out uh deandre hunter for another two weeks jalen johnson is questionable for this game and so is trey young uh he's sitting with a uh, right ac shoulder sprain for the chicago bulls tory craig is out uh we know about zach levine and nikola vucevic is officially listed as questionable uh in this game he's sitting with the left abductor contusion so we'll uh see if uh, some more news transpires for uh nikola vucevic in this game um, let's start with the side here, guys. Bulls uh, laying one and a half here at home, hosting the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Scott, lead us off. So I feel like a lot of people are going to be on the Bulls in this game because they've been very solid at home. But I don't know what that was against Cleveland their last time out when Cleveland was missing half the team and they lost the game outright. <laughs> Atlanta's a team that I don't think is very good, but they have a lot of firepower. And I think that's a problem for Chicago because I don't think Chicago has a lot of firepower. So Vucevic might not play, which is one of their best scores, which once again tells you why Chicago is below 500, but they have been in better uh, with Kobe White playing solid basketball, DeMar DeRozan, et cetera. Trae Young's a matchup problem for this team. Like Trey's stats have been very good this season. I still don't think he's that efficient, and I still wouldn't want him on my team as a star player, but I have to acknowledge that he's been very productive based on how he's done this season. I'm going to lean to Atlanta in this spot. I think a lot of people will take Chicago, but that loss to Cleveland, I think, might suggest they're about to come back down to earth. And they were kind of playing a bit above their talent level recently, and I could see that regressing more to the mean. Atlanta's the more talented team. The issue is that they don't guard anybody, and the chemistry hasn't exactly worked out. But I'm going to lean to Atlanta. I think that Atlanta is just the more talented team, and it's a pretty low number. So I'll lean to the Hawks. Uh, Lante. Yeah, I kind of struggle with this one. Um, Munaf, I know we talked, I sent you a message like this is probably about a month ago, month month and a half ago, like uh, through a six. And I was telling, I was like, when when Levingo gets traded or he's out, he the, the uh, Chicago is going to go on a, on a run as far as yeah. covering numbers and, and, and better. And I think you said it as well. Um, I think you tweeted it out actually. So, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go find it after the, after the show, but yeah, I. I think we both were right about that with Levine kind of being a ball stopper. I think Chicago's ball movement and kind of unselfishness has shown since he's been gone. And, I mean, the emergence of Kobe White obviously helps that. Um, Patrick Williams, who I'm really not a fan of, he's been better. Um, I put that in air quotes, he's been better. Atlanta, I mean, like you said, Scott, I think it's a really good comparison that you made. Pretty much a diet version of uh, the Indiana Pacers, uh, fourth in offensive rating, 27th in defensive rating. Uh, they have the guys and they have a team to, you know, kind of like size to be able to combat with some of the lineups that Chicago has. Chicago doesn't have a ton of size on the front line. Um, Trey's been 
awesome, honestly. Him and DeJounte just don't work. I think they just need to kind of revamp that team and, and get some newer pieces in and get rid of the older pieces. Probably want to move either DeJounte or Trey and some of those wings. I think they got too many players, if that makes sense. I think they just have too many identities. They have too much of the same player. Uh, but all in all, man, I like Chicago. I think they win the game. Probably play them on a cheap one. I know the middle of the pack defensively. I think Caruso would do a good job on, on Trey. Uh, Patrick Williams also kind of switching off, off and on on him. Uh, if Vucevic doesn't play, I think Drummond can fill in admirably. Uh, so I'll be looking at his prop as well. Yeah, but I like Chicago. Uh, I think they'll come in and, and get the job done at home. Yeah, it's, it's just as we're you know talking about this game, Trey uh, Young did participate in shoot around. So if usually a player is participating in shoot around, he ends up playing in this uh, in in a game. So. Uh, definitely keep that in mind. Um, let me see if there's an updated number uh, for this game. But did see all the props to, did come down for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, still sitting at one and a half right now at 234 and a half. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with Lante here, man. I, I was going back and forth on this game. It's this Atlanta just has, I've been completely wrong about this team coming into yeah, the season where I was very high on this team coming in. Um, but they just have not been very good against the spread or overall at all. But um Chicago, maybe I don't want to say the luck has ran out is not the proper word after, you know, Zach Levine uh, has been out for the past several weeks. But I think that Scott mentioned that there's just more firepower uh, for this Atlanta Hawks team um, going up against Chicago, because right now Chicago is DeMar DeRozan um, and it's Kobe White. Right. And you're getting some contributions from the other guys. But with Atlanta, you have guys like Trey Young and, and DeJounte Murray and, you know, Bogdanovich coming off of the bench for them as well. So. Um, and I got other guys that can knock down the three point shot for you as well. So I'll lean here with the Hawks. And as, as I just mentioned that the, the Hawks, you know, the, the line just ticked down half a point. Maybe I think it'll probably be on the move a little bit more here in favor of the Atlanta Hawks with the news of Trey young here. So I'll take the Hawks here uh, as a lean uh, total two thirty four and a half here. Scott, anything on that? I'm not taking the under with Atlanta. They can't guard anybody. So I'll, I'll be on the over, but I think once again, even though, even, even if I am picking Atlanta to win the game, it's not because of their defense, especially with Hunter being out. <laughs> like this team can't guard anybody. Uh, yeah. I think you are looking at what can be an up tempo game, and maybe Chicago plays fast with Vucevic. I am curious if the pace might pick up, but Atlanta is once again kind of like Indiana, where it doesn't matter what the opposing team's pace likes to be, because they just go up tempo and they don't really care. So I'm going to go with the over. Give me a lot of points in this game. Yeah, Atlanta top five in uh, pace uh, thus far this season and over the last five games as far as pace goes, uh, Atlanta dips just a little bit down to number 11, but they're still playing at a very, very fast pace. Uh, yeah, I agree with Scott. I think it's over nothing for me in this game. Uh, Lante on, on the total and then takes over to player props. Yeah, I, I lean to you over uh, as well. Atlanta's last five opponents have all scored 120 plus. Uh, seven of the last ten have went over for Atlanta. Chicago seventeen and thirteen to the over. Uh, they're not really an offensive like firepower team. Uh, I mean, Kobe White and DeRozan pretty much provide all the scoring. Outside of that, especially without Savic, uh, I don't think you're going to see you know uh, an array of points. But I do think you can sneak over this number just just from a pace standpoint, like you just mentioned. Uh, so I do lean to the over here. Uh, maybe a uh, Chicago team total over. I, I'm not sure if that's correlated or not. Um, but yeah, I, I lean to the over. Um, props wise, favorite favorite prop, favorite bit of the night, Kobe White over 22 and a half points. Uh, he's cooled down a little bit over the last three games, shot five of 20 uh, from deep in that span. I, I think he gets back on track here. He's over this number in uh, 
six of 11 games in December. He had 22 in two of the games he's missed. So right on par, not he hasn't been off as much. I think 17 in the other um, game that he missed. So yeah, and guards versus Atlanta. I mean, I'll run through it real quick. John Bain plus points. Hero, 30. Fred Van Vliet, 32. Cade, 43. I'll ladder Kobe White up to 30 plus. Uh, I think he has a real, uh, Kobe, yeah, I'll ladder Kobe White up to 30 plus. I think he has a really good night against this, um, against this defensive uh, backcourt for um, Atlanta. DeJounte Murray is pretty much the best on ball defender. I'm pretty sure he'll be on DeRozan, so that just frees up Kobe White. So I'm on Kobe White, everything, 22 and a half points uh, on his PRA, three points, three uh, threes made. So, yeah, man, if I go broke tonight on Kobe White, I'll be sending Moon off uh, a message. No, I don't know if I can help you out. I'm, I'm, I'm broke myself. Uh I'll throw my player prop in there here as well. I do like the Kobe uh, White angle. Um, Clint Capella rebounds uh, over 10 and a half. He's placed this over the last 14 games in a row. He's been in double digit rebounds against this Bulls team. Um, and uh, 13 of those 14 games, he's had 11 or more rebounds. Just one game where he had 10 rebounds uh, against the uh, Chicago Bulls. I'm curious. I mean, his double double is going to be at a minus price, anyways. But ten and a half rebounds. It is at minus one forty five. But I do like uh, Clint Capella rebounds here. Um, that's the only player prop I did like here. Uh, Scott, any player props? Yeah, I like Trey assists at ten and a half. I also like Kobe White on the points. Once again, I'm not picking Trey to guard anybody, so I think that Kobe White is a good game. But I'm looking at Trey and his assists recently. And he's been putting up some massive numbers. So to go through the assists over the last couple of games, he's had at least 11 assists in, let me just do the math here, in six of the last seven. He's had at least 13 assists in each of the last four. And he's had at least 13 assists in three of his last four games against Chicago. So 10 and a half assists is too low for me. Give me the over on Trey. Yeah, I can't talk you off of that. Again, again, if they're, Atlanta's going to play at a, at a at their pace, Kind of like we talk about with the Pacers, like those point guards like Hallie, Trey Young, they're going to get their assists. So, um, yeah, can't talk you off of any of those. All right, guys, let's get over to the next game here. Still got about three games to get through here. Utah Jazz, they are in San Antonio to take on the Spurs. Uh, Jazz currently sitting as a three-point favorite in this game with a total of 242. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, start here with the Utah Jazz. Um, they are going to be... Uh, questionable tags on Keontae George and uh, THT, Taylor Horton Tucker. And then for the Spurs, uh, Zach Collins is probable. Victor Winbinyama, I did see a note that he is probable for this game with an ankle injury, and that is pretty much it. Um, Scott leaves off here. The Jazz are three-point road favorites here in San Antonio. Yeah, so I know the Jazz have been a bad road team, but in general, I got to take Utah here. Uh, Wemby might not play, but I don't know if it matters. This this Spurs team's a joke. I, I don't have much more to add there. Utah's been better lately. Uh, once again, I know that they're not good on the road, but I can't back San Antonio basically ever, especially at this price. I can't pick you to lose by two points or less if you've won four of your first 28 games this season. You're just an awful basketball team. You're one of the worst teams of all time based on projection. I mean, you're not as bad as Detroit, so you got that going for you, but mm-hmm. this team's awful. So I'll take Utah. As long as Lori's healthy, I have to at least acknowledge that Utah is the better team in this matchup, and I don't see Lori on the injury report. Sexton's nope. been good. Chris Dunn has randomly been really good at the point guard spot recently, uh, mm-hmm. which is something the Spurs could use because they don't have a real point guard. So I'll go with the uh, Jazz here. The Spurs are just 
awful. Uh, yeah, give me Utah minus three. Um, yeah, I'll make this here as well. Uh, Victor Winyama did participate in shoot around uh, as well, so expect him to play here uh, today as well. So um, it's easy for me. It's, it's Jazz in the over. Um, again, like everything Scott mentioned about the Spurs team, there this team is even worse than what they were when they were tanking for Winbinyama last season, and now with him, they're even worse. So I mean, go figure. So. Even though Jazz have not been very good on the road this season, I, I just think the talent is a lot better for the Utah Jazz. I mean, you mentioned Markkanen. He has owned this uh, Spurs team. We'll talk about player props here in a minute. But uh, Jazz on the road this season, despite having a – let me see. I'm trying to pull up their ATS record. 4-13 um, and 13 straight up, 6-11 and 11 against the spread. Uh, I think there's an opportunity for them to go in um, and get the and get the dub here against the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Lante, thoughts on the side, and then take us into the total. Uh, yeah, I'm going. Uh, I'm going the opposite side of you guys. I'm going with San Antonio here. Um, I mean, I'm not going to make a case that they're good. Uh, they do one thing well: that's get to the rim. And Utah doesn't have as much of a rim protection. Kessler's been better um, helping them out in, in those metrics. He, he missed a lot of the, a lot of time, so that might be why the metrics are a little bit skewed. But I do think Victor Wembanyama can have a good game here, um, and Zach Collins as well. I think they'll be able to. The guards will be able to get downhill. Uh, Vassell. And, uh, and Johnson, I think they'll be able to get get down here, put some pressure on the rim. Uh, I mean, I really don't have a compelling case. I just think it's a nice spot for San Antonio to bounce to get a win. I, I was going to say bounce back, but they've been they've been bouncing back from being horrible all season. Um, another thing that I do like is I, I'm going to bet the the Spurs in the first quarter. They are a 16-10 ATS in the first quarter, 10-4 and four at home. Jazz, 6-8 ATS in the first quarter on the road, getting outscored by about five and a half points uh, per first quarter. So I do like San Antonio early. Uh, probably put a full unit on that and a half unit on um, on the plus three. Uh, I was going to mention on the total, I do like the over in this game. The Spurs at home this season, 12-2 and two to the over. Um, yep. And again, one of the worst defenses uh, right down there with, you know, we talked about the Wizards, the Pacers, uh, the Pistons, San Antonio's right down there as well as far as a lot of the defensive metrics. So uh, I do like the under, sorry, the over in this game between these two squads here. Uh, Lante, any thoughts on the total? Yeah, my bad. I, should, I, I forgot you said go into it. Yeah, I like uh, I like the I like the over as well. You mentioned it, 12 and 2 for San Antonio at home. Utah 9 and 8 on the road um, to the over. Six of the last 10 have went over for both teams. And San Antonio. 130 plus in three of his last five games. Uh, they allowed 129 in the one game. In one game, they missed. Uh, so yeah, I, I think we see a lot of points here, up and down game. So yeah, uh, Spurs and over is what I like. Uh, Scott, total. Yeah, um, I think I have to lean to the over with these teams, uh, just because they don't guard anybody. Uh, I do think you're going to see points. The concern that you run into though is. Do I actually think these teams are talented enough to make some shots? Uh, for the sake of this game, sure. I'll lean over. I think it's going to be a fun game. If you enjoy seeing two bad teams with no defense attached to it, then this is the game for you. Uh, so I'll lean to the over as well. Uh, player props, Scott? Yeah, so I don't know what the minutes count's going to be for Wemby because he played right after the injury against, I think it was Chicago, and he played like 20 minutes. Like, Pop really didn't use him, but I love his blocks in this game if he actually has a decent workload. Utah is actually allowing a ton of blocks this season. Uh, Utah is allowing the second most blocks per game in the entire league. And we know Wemby parks himself in the lane as a center and blocks a lot of shots. So I like Wemby blocks, but the only concern is I don't know if Pop's going to have him on a minute restriction again where he plays 20 minutes randomly 
and suddenly the odds of him getting there are lower. But assuming he plays 25 or more minutes, give me Wemby blocks probably like two and a half. It Once again, Utah's a team that likes to attack the rim, but they're giving up so many blocks per game. They're allowing 6.3 blocks per game. It's a ton. So I think Wemby gets there. I don't mind Kessler blocks either, as I think that he's once again playing more minutes. He's been good at rim protection recently. Uh, so I don't mind that as well. But Wemby blocks is worth a look based on how often and how stubborn Utah is at attacking the rim. Yeah, I was looking at his rebounds, but again, like you mentioned, for Wimby, it's just how many minutes is he going to play, uh, especially with an an ankle injury. So um, I I probably want to pivot off of that. Uh, I am going to be on Laurie Markkinen here. His points are at 24.5, or if you want to go his uh, points plus rebounds, that's at 33.5. Last three games against the San Antonio Spurs, uh, he's been really good. Uh, the numbers are uh, 32 and 12, 27 and 4, and 28 and 10 against the Spurs over the last three head to head matchups since he joined the Utah Jazz. Um, and then over the last couple games here for Laurie Markinen, um, he's uh, had a 30 point game against the Raptors, 26 against the Cavs. Um, and rebounding, he's had at least nine rebounds in three straight games, including two of those uh, three games going into double digits. Uh, rebounding-wise for Laurie Markman. So I think there's a good spot here for him uh, to have a good night against the San Antonio Spurs. So that was uh, will, the one I was looking at. Um, Lonte, any player props you like? Yeah, completely agree with you on, on Laurie Markman. I won't go in. Uh, I won't regurgitate anything you said, but I agree with everything you you, you said. Um, I'm going with Wimbyama. Points and rebounds over 29.5. He's over in five of his last six. As long as he's not you know, on too much of a minutes restriction, I think he gets there. I think he has his way um, with the front line. I think he's pretty much – I mean, obviously a matchup uh, nightmare for a lot of teams, but specifically with the Utah wings and their bigs. I, mean, I don't think Kessler can come out and guard uh, him off the dribble. I don't think marketing can either. So, yeah, I think he has a pretty good game. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. Two games left here. We got the Sacramento Kings. They are in Portland to take on the uh, Blazers. Sacramento currently sitting as an eight-point road favorite in this game with a total of 237. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, uh, for the Sacramento Kings here, um, I am seeing, let's see where they go. Uh, pretty clean. Um, only Malik Monk is a questionable tag. For the Trailblazers, Shane Sharp and DeAndre Aiden are questionable with respective injuries here. Uh, so let's start with the side here. Scott leads off minus eight in favor of the Sacramento Kings on the road in Portland. It's a lot of points, but it makes sense because Portland's not very good. They've been better lately, but so have the Kings. So you can argue that cancels itself out. Uh, the Kings have been decent on the road. They're six and six straight up. Portland's three and ten straight up at home. They played earlier this year. Kings won by three in overtime, but I believe Fox was injured. And I don't think he played in that game, if I'm not mistaken. So they won without Fox in the first place. Uh, Portland has been not very good. And they beat the Suns. Congrats. I've roasted that team for a while. Last place, Phoenix Suns, by the way. Shout out to them. Uh, But I'm going to lean to the Kings here. Uh, They got buried last game against Minnesota. Minnesota's a great defensive team. But I do think the Kings are just a little bit too potent offensively for this Portland team to match. A lot of really bad shots. They basically need Simons to go off every time they play if they want to be competitive. But Sacramento's won four of six. They constantly walk into 120, and I just don't think Portland keeps up. I'm going to lean to the over, and I'll lean to Sacramento. I think they break 130 in this game, and I think that as a result, Portland's going to probably finish somewhere around like 115. So I'll lean to Sacramento. I have them winning by somewhere in the double-digit range. 
Kings have been really good coming off a loss uh, dating back to last season. 29-18 straight up, 29-18 and 18 against the spread as well. That's 61.7%. So, uh, you know, coming, I guess, again, making adjustments and and um, going up against, I guess, some of the poor teams like the Trailblazers, especially, again, like we talked about, some of the defensive teams that are not very good that are on, on, that are on the schedule here tonight. I'm almost got here 100% that I think they do get up their points here. Eight does feel like a big number here, especially for the Sacramento Kings, but I still think that they respond in a big way here. Uh, so I'll take the uh, Kings here as well. I like their team total to go over. Um, Lante, uh, spread and total. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'm going to go with Portland here. I mean, they've been atrocious, don't get me wrong, but I think eight is might be a little bit too rich. Uh, Sacramento won 121, 118 as an eight-point favorite, as an eight-point road favorite uh, in their previous matchup. And I think um, Portland was missing a few guys, if I'm not mistaken. Sacramento has been uh, – they fell back offensively from what they did last year, but they've been a little bit better defensively, 22nd in offensive and defensive rating. I think they were around, like, bottom five last year. Uh, they're third in three-point attempts, 15th in percentage. The one thing that Portland does do well defensively is defend the three. They're, they're setting in three-point percentage defense. So I think that they can kind of – withstand some of the, the flurries and, and push them off the three-point line. So I'm going to go with Portland here. Uh, they might be live. I, th- I think they might be live to win it outright. Uh, as far as the total, I go to the under. 67% of Sacramento's road games have been under. 62 of Portland's home games have been under. If uh, if Portland's going to run them off the line, I think they want to kind of slow the game down, play at their pace, uh, half-court set. So uh, I link to the under as well. Uh, player props, Lante? Uh, nothing, man. I, I got nothing. Scott, any player preps? Yeah, I, I'm kind of wondering since I am picking Sacramento to score 130 of who exactly I want to pick to have a massive game. Could be multiple people. I know Sabonis ended up getting a triple-double for me uh, over the weekend, so shout-out to him. But I got to look at Sabonis' numbers against Portland. I might consider running back the triple-double. Uh, he's been really close on a bunch of occasions. He hasn't gotten there. Uh, but he had 27, 11, and 9 earlier this season, 20, 12, and 8 the game before that. And he had a triple double a couple meetings ago last year. He had 18, 17, and 10. So as a bonus, PRA might be worth some consideration since he has been very solid recently. And Portland really doesn't have anybody that can guard him, especially with the dribble handoff stuff. But that does correlate into Fox having a big scoring game. So I think Fox could be in line for a big game. Let me just quickly see what Fox's numbers are against the Trailblazers over the last couple of games. Actually, not that great. Uh, He's had less than 21 points in each of the last two games against Portland, but he did have 11 assists. So I'm trying to think if I want to go for maybe a Fox assist pivot, but I think I'm just going to stick with Sabonis. Give me PRA. He's been really good the last couple games, and I'm going to expect him to keep it rolling against this really bad defense. All right, let's get over to the last game of the night here. We've got the Charlotte Hornets. They are in L.A. to take on the Clippers. Clippers currently sitting as a 12-point favorite in this game with a total of 228. Uh, Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Charlotte Hornets, um, Brandon Miller is questionable with a right ankle sprain, and Mark Williams is doubtful with a lower back contusion. For the L.A. Clippers, Kawhi Leonard is on the injury report. He is dealing with a left hip contusion and is officially questionable. But other than that, everybody is a go in this game here. Um, Lata lead us off the Clippers laying 12 points against the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, I I can't I can't get behind Charlotte, not without Melo. Uh they've been playing horrible as of late. If you look at just previous history of um between these two teams, the, the Clippers have won five straight. 
uh, four of those by double digits. They've covered four of those games as well. Um, I, I don't. Th- I don't think Charlotte has enough offensively. Uh, so I'm. I'm going to lay it. It's sim- pretty simple with me. I'm going to lay it with uh, w- with the Clippers. I think they'll be fully healthy. They're coming off. Uh, I think they got. Em- didn't, didn't they get embarrassed by um, Boston buried them? Yeah. 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 Boston buried them. So yeah, I, I think they're coming. They're coming back to kind of return a favor to Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte offensively has been atrocious. Uh, I'm going to go probably with the under and the Charlotte team total under. I mean, they, they're under 110 points in four of the last five games, under 103 of the four game, three of the last four. They scored 105 in LA um, on 12 21, a total close to 28 and a half. Um, so I still think we go, we go under here. 64% of the, the Clippers home games have went under. And I don't think they clip I don't think the Hornets will be able to score over 110 points here. Uh so I'm sorry, I just kind of put them on all in one because I don't have I really don't have much else in the game. But yeah, I like Clippers and under. Yeah, I think I I think if the Clippers cover the number, they put up 120 plus points in this game easily because Charlotte defensively just has not been very good. Um even without Kawhi, you still have James Harden, you still have Paul George, you still have Russell Westbrook, Norman Powell, guys that can knock down the three-point shot. And again, like I mentioned, the Charlotte Hornets have been the second-worst defensive-rated team over the over the course of the season and um, over the last five games. They have improved a little bit, but they still are bottom six in the entire league uh, as far as uh, defensive rating goes. And then for the Hornets on the road this season, um, quickly trying to pull up those numbers. Um they are four and eight against the spread, three and nine straight up. They're giving up 123 uh, points per game. So, um, yeah, Clippers team total for me is a way uh, to go. This will be so Clippers that they win by a couple of baskets, but I do think they have offensive success in this game. So that's where I'm going to attack it. Scott, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm going to link to the Clippers. I wanted to make a case for Charlotte because the Clippers without Kawhi have looked really underwhelming. I'm hoping Kawhi comes back. We'll see what happens. But Charlotte's lost seven straight. That's another team that's on a massive losing streak. That's not going to end anytime soon. Uh, but looking at the actual road results for the Hornets recently, I'm going to read off their games. Pacers lost by 31. Raptors lost by 15. Heat lost by 11. Bulls lost by 11. They beat the Nets by one. Played the Knicks, lost by 24. Played the Magic, lost by 13. Uh, Played the Knicks again, lost by 22, uh, and they beat the Wizards. So you get my point. They they lose by double digits every road game they play, basically, and the Clippers should be motivated after losing to two good teams back-to-back with the Thunder and the Celtics, completely just burying them last time out. But with the Hornets being so shorthanded and with them being so bad on the road, I'm going to go with the Clippers here. I feel a lot better about it if Kawhi plays. If Kawhi plays, they might win by 25 or 30. But I do think the Clippers get the job done. The Hornets are just that bad. So I'll lean to the Clippers in the spot. All right. So that is going to be the last game on the schedule here for the Tuesday card. Let's get into our lock and dog uh, for the Tuesday card. And then we'll put together our underdog fantasy entry here. Um, Scott, you want to lead us off with your lock and dog? Yeah, so for my lock, I think I am actually going to go back to that player prop I mentioned before uh, with the Hawks and the Bulls game. I'm going to go with Trey Young, 10.5 assists. I'm going to go with him to have a pretty big assist game. He's at 13-plus assists in four straight games. He's at 13-plus assists in three of the last four against Chicago. Once again, he's only going to need 11, so I do think that's a pretty realistic number for him. The Bulls defensively have been better without Levine. They're still not a great defensive unit by any means, but you're looking at Vucevic potentially not playing. 
I know for a fact Drummond can't guard anybody. So I think that's going to definitely help out the pick-and-roll defense, at least for Atlanta's perspective, because they can exploit that mismatch. But give me Trey to constantly get into the lane, find some lobs, find some open teammates. I'll take Trey over 10 half assists as my lock. Quickly trying to get the uh, price, though, for that. I think it was minus 110, but I just want confirmation on that uh, quickly. Uh, for, so, which, I'm sorry? Trey, 10 and a half assists. I see uh, minus I see, 115. Yeah. So that'll be my lock for the show. And for my dog, I think I am going to stick with player props, but I'm wondering which one I should be going for. I want to quickly look up Van Vliet. I just want to see what his number's at, because I don't mind him for a double-double. Uh, yeah, I'll take Van Vliet double-double at plus 135. I think that line's just too big against an Indiana defense that actually does not even try to guard anybody. They're allowing 131-plus points per road game. Van Vliet assists has kind of gone quiet recently, but before the recent slump, he was walking into basically 12 assists every game. At this point, I see him getting back on track here. Give me Van Vliet double-double at plus 135. All right. Uh, Latte, lock and dog. Yeah, lock. I'm gonna lock up the Pelicans. I think they bounce back um, after getting after blowing that game. Uh, I actually might go with. So I'll I'll do. Uh, let's split, I'll split a unit. Let's go first half. Uh, New Orleans. I think you mentioned has been really good in the first half. Twenty and eight ATS by my numbers. Twenty eight. Twenty eight ATS in the first half. Winning by a margin of six points. Um, Eleven three at home. Average margin ten points. So I think they come out and. Uh, Kind of blow the doors off of off of Memphis. I was looking at some alt spreads in this game as well. Grizz eight and eighteen in the first half, getting outscored by almost seven points per. Uh, a lot of that obviously is with Ja, uh, without Ja. So um, you know, take that for what it's worth. I do think New Orleans can get downhill, get to the free throw line. Uh, they shoot enough threes to kind of you know neutralize what um, Memphis does well, which is blocking shots. But yeah, number wise, I think it's just a little bit. Too much of an over adjustment. I mean, they closed eight and a half um, on a nineteenth, and now it's four and a half. So I think it's a little bit more of a. Uh, I think it's a little too much of an adjustment. So, I mean, New Orleans uh, first half. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they land like two and a half in the first half. Uh, so I'll take a half unit on that and uh, a half unit on them laying the four and a half full game. As for the dog, I'm going with Kobe White, twenty five plus um, ladder opportunity. I mean, twenty five plus is plus one. 15, 30 plus, plus 275. Mentioned the numbers for Atlanta when they're guarding point guards. Don't have a good track record of it. Uh, the pace should be uh, pretty decent. I don't think it'll be like Big Nick, but I do think Kobe can have the ball in his hands a lot and have a good game. Uh, he, shot, he hasn't shot the ball well from three as of late, five of 20 in his last three games. Um, but again, he's pretty much been dominant uh, the whole month of December. So yeah, give me Kobe White ladder 25 plus uh, and 30 plus. So I'll put half unit on both of those all right uh all right for my lock i'm just gonna go with the over in the spurs and the jazz game like i mentioned spurs 12 and 2 towards the over at home not playing a lick of defense and i just think that the spurs have enough offensively to push this over the number as well jazz i know haven't been very good on the road but i do expect to see a lot of points uh between these two teams so i'll take the over um 242 right now is the current number uh for uh this game um between the Jazz and the Spurs. Uh, for my dog, um, not a lot of dogs I did like on the card here. Um, I wouldn't play a prop because of it. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think you. I think we put together like a same game parlay for Halley and um, Van Vliet assist. 
I think that might be a, a way to look or maybe ladder up Clint Capella rebounds in this game. Let me see what his rebounding goes at 12 plus for this game. Uh, let's see. Moon off the chat is uh, clamoring huh. for you to take the Pistons on the money line. Pistons on the money line? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I will not do such things. Um, it will be the Rockets. So let's. Uh, <clears throat> this is what I'm going to do. Um, let's go with. Fred Van Vliet over on his assists. And I'm trying to find some alt numbers to make this a little bit juicy. So you're just copying me at this point? I am copying you at this okay. point. That's, uh, that's why we do the show together. Um, <laughs> so Fred Van Vliet over 10.5 assists is at plus 200. And then uh, Ty- uh, Tyrese Halliburton over 12.5 assists is at... Plus one thirty. So I'll parlay right, those two together. What do you say? Ten emphasis was for Van Vliet. Yeah, two to one on DraftKings. Okay, two to one. I'm trying to think if that makes if that pay, if that makes more sense than taking the double double at one thirty five. Because if he's going to get the so. double double, it's going to be assists. Yeah, hundred percent. Probably. I yeah. 60, 65 cents. Yeah, I'll stay with the I double mean, double. Screw all right. So I'll I'll. I'll so the Fred Van Vliet over 10.5 assists and Hallie over 12.5 assists. That gets you plus 575 in this game. And if you want to, and I think the over is going to hit in this game as well. So I'll probably add that in as well. But officially, I'll give out the assist prop. Um, Van Vliet over 10.5 assists and then Tyrese uh, Hallie Burton over 12.5 assists. That gets you plus 575. And if you, I want to add the Rockets money line uh, or the over. Uh, that gets you a nice payout of eight to one. All right, underdog guys. Um, we'll each pick one player prop that we really do like here for tonight. Again, go to underdogfantasy.com. Make sure you use our promo code SGPN on your first deposit. You'll get a one hundred percent deposit bonus of up to one hundred dollars. Uh, well, only if you use that promo code SGPN. Uh, Scott, favorite player prop for tonight? You want to stick with uh, Van Vliet, or you want to go somewhere else? Well, I know we're both going to be on Van Vliet. So, do you want what's Van Vliet's number at? For this um, year? his assists are at nine. Yeah, that that's okay. too low. I'll take the I'll take the higher on that one. Okay, I will go then to let me see if they have Anthony Edwards on his threes. No, they don't. So then I will go to let's see if they have Lori listed. I'll go Lori. Uh, let's just go points on him. I'll go higher 24 and a half for Lori Markin in here tonight. Um, Lante, favorite player prop? Um, I'm going to, I mean, I gave out Kobe White, so I'm going to go with my second favorite, um, which is going to be Gobert, points and rebounds. What is that at? Gobert is not listed yet because they're waiting for the cat news. Right. You All can right. do White again. It's fine. We so just recycle. Yeah, let's just throw White in there, man. It's going to be a higher scoring game. Uh, yeah, okay. You want to go PRA? You want to go PA? No, nah, point. just points. Just points. Yeah. They have it at 23 and a half. So we'll go higher yeah, on that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So our underdog fantasy entry for tonight Fred Van Vliet, higher nine assists. Lori Markin, higher 24 and a half points. And Kobe White, higher 23 and a half points. And that $100 entry for three for three it will get you a nice return of $600 only on underdog fantasy. Make sure you use that promo code SGPN. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? 
No, not really. Uh, just looking forward to the games tonight, and let's make some money. Want to anything else? Nah, man, felt good to be back on here um, with you guys talking basketball. So, yeah, man. Yep, it was a lot of fun. Hopefully we get this uh, Tuesday off on the right foot, put some more money in our on the pockets of our listeners. If you haven't already subscribed to the NBA Gaming Podcast YouTube channel, please go in and do so. And if you haven't already left us a rating and review, definitely would appreciate if you guys can do that for us. I'll be back. We'll be back tomorrow with the uh, usual timing, 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, so look out for the NBA pod. Until then, good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball. Because-